As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard about someone who is a psychic lawyer? Yes, you heard me right. Psychic lawyer. (laughs) Would you like to learn more about what it's like growing up a psychic Have you ever wondered about the difference between a psychic and a medium? Can you imagine having parents who were psychic too? Well, sometimes I used to think my mother definitely was psychic. (laughs) Tell me, do you know how grief and crime are related to each other? Have you ever heard about a fantastic book called Never Letting Go? Or better yet, 
Would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we're looking for today? Now, are you ready to learn how to be a successful psychic and successful lawyer all at one time? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today, I will be introducing you to my guest. He is a success coach extraordinaire, and he will provide us with wonderful, informative, and inspirational lessons and some really, really great advice. I am pleased to announce that this show is now live on talk Media and syndicated on iHeartRadio Talk and Blog Talk Radio. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure. Also, LinkedIn announced that my profile was one of the top 5% most viewed last year. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my guest. My guest is the psychic lawyer, is a practicing medium who not only communicates with spirits, he is also a successful attorney licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. He graduated from Mercer Law School with honors, which included the study of law at Oxford University in England. He also studied mediumship in England at the Arthur Finley College for the Advancement of Psychic Science. My guest is a published author of the bestseller, Never Letting Go, which is the definitive guide to healing grief with the help from the other side. Please welcome our guest today, psychic lawyer, Mark Anthony. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing great, January. Thank you for having me on the show. I've really been looking forward to this. Well, you know, I have too, because I'm fascinated with your background. Uh, Let's talk about your beginning. Uh, What was it like growing up, and how old were you when you realized that you were psychic? I was probably about four years old. Really? And yeah, that that's when my, my first memories start coming coming together. And uh-huh. I used to sit there and talk to my friends, <laughs> and uh-huh. I would have these spiritual energies come and talk to me. Now, it's not unusual for kids to sit there and and have make believe friends and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. Except mm-hmm. for the fact that my parents could see them too, because oh. both of my parents were psychic mediums. And so when it started happening with me, I remember my mom going, oh, boy, <laughs> here we go. But I also remember my father um, getting very upset with me one day, and he said, stop that. Don't do that. People who see things that aren't there get taken away. And oh, it really frightened me. Uh-huh. And I'll never forget, and I write about this in, in my book, Never Letting Go, uh, mm-hmm. I'll never forget my mother saying, you know, honey, she said, you know, he's like us. Uh-huh. And, my, and my dad could see I was really scared, and he sat me down. I'm like, I'm sorry, Daddy. You know, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing wrong. You know? And he yeah. sat me down, and he says, Mark, he, go, he said, there's nothing wrong with you. It's mm-hmm. just that people don't understand. So just don't talk about it outside of the house okay. because people sure. will think you're crazy. And <laughs> yeah. Well, well, there there was a lot to that to that January because sure. when I got older, I I finally asked Dad. I said, "Why, why were you so upset about that?" Mm-hmm. And in the um, in the early 1950s, his sister, 
who mm. was a medium. Uh-huh. She was involuntarily committed to a mental institution and oh. subjected to electroshock therapy wow. against her will because oh gosh, she yeah. could see spirits and she could foretell the future. And the problem is that her husband was very, very religious. He was not uh-huh. spiritual. He was religious, and he thought that what she was doing was evil and negative. And so, and back then, when they, when uh, um, uh, mental institutions administered yeah. electroshock, it was at an extremely high voltage. And oh, yeah. it's not like today when they do it to people that are clinically depressed and such to, to kind of um, to stimulate parts of their brain. Mm-hmm. And that, that really, really um, upset my father. And so he sure. said, you know, Mark, people don't understand, and they get taken yeah. away in straitjackets, which, wow. which she was. So, uh-huh. so there was always this, this undercurrent of keep it in the house, keep it quiet. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was a secret, and it was something that you never talked about with strangers. Now, when you say both your parents were psychics, um, how did they meet, and were they practicing psychics, or did they keep their psychic, uh, were they keeping their secret too? They, well, it, it's really a fascinating tale, and actually in my upcoming book, um, I write Great. quite a bit about this. Uh-huh. But to, to give you the Cliff Notes version and a, a little bit for the listeners, um, my dad came from a very conservative, waspy-type family. Uh-huh. And okay. there were a number of mediums and psychics in the family, but they kept it very clandestine. And when he was about, I don't know, about eight or nine years old, he started hearing voices. Uh-huh. And it, it always happened when he went down into, they lived in Pennsylvania, and he would go down into the cellar to stoke the furnace, and he'd hear this voice come talk to him. Well, even as a little kid back then, he realized that hearing voices is not a good thing, and people are going to think you're, you know, you're yeah. nuts. Right. <laughs> right. But, um, and, and so he kind of kept the clamp on it. And then when he was about uh, 15 or 16 years old, he was working, and mm-hmm. he came home early one day. It was on a Thursday. And apparently his mother, my grandmother, and mm-hmm. his sister Marjorie, the one that has later was, uh, was committed, right. they used to, quote-unquote, have the girls over for bridge and tea on Thursday afternoons while the men were at work. And, uh-huh. and, and they had this big drawing room, and he was listening through the door, and he heard, now there's a man coming through, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and so he, he's like, oh, my God. you know. And so when they came out, he goes, what's going on in there? And they said, oh, uh... Uh, and, and they were essentially conducting readings for people, and oh, it was all very okay. clandestine. And so he started explaining about his ability, and his mother's like, oh, well, there's another one in the family. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And then when he was in World War II, he noticed something very uh, startling, that he would see these auras around certain men on his oh. ship before they went into battle, and it was this mm-hmm. dark thing. And basically, he could tell when people were going to die, and he still came wow. You know, my oh. dad, he's going to be 88, um, and he he has this ability, which he finds very upsetting. So in his family, it was very prevalent, but it was kept quiet. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of the family, yeah. uh, my mom's side, they were Italians, and uh, <laughs> like my mom's parents, you know, and to them, they, they, they didn't keep wow. it quiet. You know, they talk yeah. about it, and they were like, but they looked at it as a gift from God. And my great-grandmother on my mother's side, Giovanna, she was like the mega, mega psychic, mega medium, and she was a midwife, and, and uh, people used to flock to her in the uh, Italian community uh-huh. of, of uh, Newark, New Jersey, and in Brooklyn, because she was, quote-unquote, the woman who knew things. Uh-huh. And uh, then my mother uh, 
um, emerged with incredibly um, significant psychic and mediumistic abilities, and, and I tell a number of very, very fascinating stories. And it's funny because when I originally wrote Never Letting Go, the book was significantly longer, and my publisher said, well, you're writing too much about your family, so they made me take some of it out, and they said, you uh-huh. know, maybe you can use that in a subsequent book. The funny thing, January... I get letters and uh-huh. emails constantly. Mm-hmm. People say, we want to know more about your family <laughs> because there's yeah. so many interesting characters that have these, had these abilities. Yeah. And, um, and then, well, now let me ask you, did your, did your parents, did they earn a living from being psychic or was this just kind of something they did on the side? Um, no, they, they didn't do it professionally at all. In fact, my father um, was an engineer, and he's one of the guys that helped figure out how to get Apollo 13 back. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Okay. And my mother was a commercial artist, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. then, you know, when she had the kids, she was focused on, on being a mom. And uh, But mom, it was funny because she would say things and she would do things. And, you know, I didn't think it was weird. You know, I mean, I'd come <laughs> home from school and I'd be like, hey, mom, do we have any peanut butter? Um, and, and she says, yes, honey, it's over there. She goes, oh, by the way, I saw a spirit today. And I'm like, that's cool. And I'd be eating my peanut butter sandwich. And she was talking about, <laughs> yeah, I saw the spirit and that, you know. And so then as I started getting older, uh-huh. I realized, this you know, not everybody's true. mom is like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, now, let me ask you, Mark, were you an only child or did you have any siblings who were psychic too? I have two older siblings, and they both exhibit uh, psychic abilities. Now, uh-huh. I know in the intro you brought up a very good point. What's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Right. Psych- psychics tune into, if you will, or align their energy with the um, frequency or vibration of a person, place, or thing. So that's why, like, if someone's doing a psychic reading on you, uh-huh. they're tuning into your energy, and they can uh, divine past, present, future events, health conditions, things like that. Uh, right. What a medium does is we tune into the energy of a third party, which is a spirit. Now, oh. both, of, both of my siblings exhibit, um, they get premonitions, and they're very good uh, reading people right away and in situations. Um, my brother picks up on the presence of spirits, but he doesn't really like uh, working with that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I kind of got the whole package. Um, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm the medium. And, and the interesting thing is it appears to be a genetic predisposition because it runs in both sides of the family. And, right. and I, I always ask my parents, well, how did you meet? Yeah. And they met, well, they met at a USO dance at the end of World War II. Okay. They said they were dancing, looked in each other's eyes from across the room, and knew that was it. <laughs> You know, oh and it's, it, it's so Americana. I mean, and they courted for, for a couple years, and then my dad had to ask permission of my uh-huh. Italian grandfather for his daughter's <laughs> hand in marriage. And it's a funny story. And, and, and my grandfather says, so, what the religion are you? And my father goes, well, we're Baptists. He goes, Baptists? Oh, oh my gosh. if you want to marry my daughter, you must have become a Catholic. And my dad's like, what? And so, so he, went, <laughs> he went through the whole whole, um, which back then was, was yeah. major, um, right. process of becoming a, a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had their honeymoon at Niagara Falls. I mean, it, it's, it's so Americana. Um, and, and, and now uh, did your dad become a practicing Catholic, or did he do it just in order to marry your mom? Um, both. Uh, oh, he did it huh? because he loved her more than uh-huh. anything, yeah. and uh, you know we went to Catholic, uh, you know, church. School, I went to Catholic yeah. school. In fact, sure. I had considered very heavily a, um, becoming a priest. Oh, um, because, okay. 
Well, from a young age, with, with yeah. the whole spiritual aspect, I was very drawn to the spiritual. And um, I decided, though, when I, when I started getting into my teens, I thought, you know, um, I don't want to do that. And number two, <laughs> <laughs> I won't yeah. tell you why, but... <laughs> I, can, I can guess. I can guess, Mark. You know yeah, what, Mark? Yeah. We're, we're going to take a break and hear from some of our sponsors. Uh, like your listeners and readers, I adore hearing about your family. It's quite a unique story you are sharing with us, and I'm so happy to have you here. We'll be right back with Mark Anthony, author of Never Letting Go. ...has been married and divorced four times and lived to tell the tale with honesty, humor, and a heartfelt message. Check out Pam's first book, Ring Exchange, Adventures of a Multiple Marrier where she shares her hard-won lessons about behavior, emotions, relationships, and her marriage partner choices. Learn more about Pam's road less traveled and how she anticipates every day with joy and a sense of gratitude. Visit Pam's website at www.ring-exchange.com. Her book is available on Amazon.com, too. Everyone deserves a happy life. Life is supposed to be fun. Your life is supposed to feel good and you're meant to feel happiness in your life and to satisfy your dreams. And you can. Because the only reason anyone wants anything or does anything is that they think they will feel better in the having of it or the doing of it. They think they will feel better in the experiencing of it. Coming soon, a website where you can learn more on how you can have the life you deserve at afeelgoodworld.com. Welcome back, and I want to share with our listeners that both Pam Evans and Dale Bruner will be guests on the show next week, and I'm looking forward to having wonderful interviews with them. Today, we're visiting with Mark Anthony, the author of a best-selling book, Never Letting Go, and he is sharing with us his psychic childhood and the uh, romance that his parents had. Now, you became a psychic lawyer. Well, now, first, let's back up and... Who was the first spirit that you saw? Was it someone you knew from a past life, or how did it work out? How did that play out for you? You know, when I was really young, it would be hard for me to describe um, because I would see a lot of spirits. Uh-huh. But I noticed throughout my childhood, um, I would be able, to, if I walked into a house, I'd say, somebody died here. Oh, and people uh-huh. would look at me and say, really? Okay. And I yeah. would just sort of pick up on that. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, it got very intense. And I remember my mother always talking to me, saying, you know, you've got, you, you're, you're very psychic and you've got the family gift. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so I went to a class, you know, it was like in my, my 20s. And I thought, well, this will be fun. And I sit down and I'm, I'm doing all this. And uh-huh. the guy um, that was teaching the class said to me, he goes, how long have you been doing this? I go, well, I don't know. I've just been in your class. He goes, I've never seen anyone like you. <laughs> he said, you're functioning at a level of someone who's been doing this for like 30 years. And I'm like, really? And then what I realized was when I walk up to people and oh. I would pick up on spirits around them, there's sensations and there's things that you see. And when I got into a clinical setting where we were actually studying it, I'd say, oh, so that's what that is. Oh, and okay. it's okay, like so I knew I, I could pick up on spirits, but when I started refining it, it's like, Oh, and then I thought, well, doesn't everybody do this? And they're like, no. <laughs> and but, but but you know, January. You see, I live with me, yeah. so so it's I don't know. Time. Yeah, I don't know any different. And, and it wasn't looked at as a weird thing in in, yeah. in my family. So um, I'm very fortunate that way because 
I know a lot of psychics and mediums who were treated like they were insane right, or right. they were devil worshippers or whatever sure. because um, because they would be, you know they'd be different. <clears throat> and to to the listeners out there, there's nothing wrong with being different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's yeah, it's nice to fit in and and be with the crowd. But a lot of you that that have children that may be exceptional in in many different ways, mm-hmm. tell them it's okay. It's okay to be different. Um, you know, it's okay to fit in, but but when you are different, you should you should embrace that and work with it as opposed mm-hmm. to suppressing it and feeling that it's somehow negative. Right, right. You know, how wonderful that you chose the family that you chose to be born into. Since you had these abilities, you were in the perfect family. You know, I've had some fabulous uh, experience with psychics, and I'm very open to it. I hope that a lot of people, that this interview will open a lot of people's eyes and let them consider this um, psychic mediumship gift that you have received. Now, let's talk about what it's like being a psychic lawyer. Now, <laughs> that's a whole different story, isn't it? it? It is. It is funny because like people will say things on Facebook, well, what does a psychic lawyer do? And yeah. it's like, well, you know, I was born a psychic. Okay, mm-hmm. that's part of my genetic makeup. That's who I am. I went to law school. Mm-hmm. And what I found was when I when I got out of law school, my first job was as a prosecutor. Uh-huh. And part of prosecution, it's not always being in court, you know, fighting to, to save the, the world from criminals and all that. It's handling first appearances. And what that means is when in Florida where I live, when somebody gets arrested, and it's pretty much the same in all the states, mm-hmm. someone gets arrested, they have to go before a judge um, unless they get bonded out right away. And w- there would usually be two prosecutors at what we call the first appearance. You have a stack of police reports. Well, mm-hmm. they bring in, in all the, the, the suspects, and you know they're all handcuffed and chained up. And they bring them in. And I'd look at one and go, oh, that one's a sex offender. Oh, that one looks like um, 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 retail theft. Oh, that one looks like, you know. And, and I remember one of my trial partners, you know, they're sitting there going, how do you know that? So they used to play this game with me where they would turn the arrest reports upside down. And when uh-huh. someone comes, they go, now, what's he charged with or what's she charged with? And about oh 90% plus of the time, I was right. And they're like, oh, it's just how they look. And you look at all of them, and it's like, well, how, how can you tell a retail theft from, you know, a, uh-huh. a, a, you know, a fraud and, and that type of thing. And I started also noticing on, on jury selection oh, yeah. um, that oh. I would pick up on things. And something uh-huh. that, that I, I write about in Never Letting Go is there was, um, this was when I was a defense attorney. I was representing this, this guy who was charged with battery, which is, you know, he got in a bar and brawl, basically, and, and forgive me for, for kind of, you know, being a little bit loose here, but it was Redneck A got in a fight with Redneck B at a bar here in Central Florida. All right? It's not like it's a unique yeah. thing, okay? okay? But it's still a crime of violence. It's still a crime of violence. And so at the beginning of the trial, before we start taking evidence, that's jury selection. And jury selection is extremely important. In fact, all the trial attorneys will tell you that you know, most of the time the trials won or lost on the, the composition of the jury. And mm-hmm. we've certainly seen this because I do a lot of legal analysis. We saw that in, in like O.J. Simpson and Michael Jackson and, and Casey Anthony and George Zimmerman and all that. Right. Um, so I kept getting drawn to this one prospective juror because 
first mm-hmm. the prosecution, then the defense, we get to ask questions in jury selection to ensure that we're selecting the most fair and impartial jury as possible. And right. so you have to find out if there's any biases or prejudices. And this one woman, I kept feeling a female presence around her, and I kept feeling this tightening sensation in my throat, mm-hmm. okay, because I pick up on a lot of physical sensations from spirits. So I stood up and I said, and I looked at her and I said, um, let me ask you a question. Have you or has anyone in your family ever been the victim of a violent crime? Wow. And she starts to shake and tremble, and the mm-hmm. tears start to stream from her eyes. And she looks at me and she said, last year my sister was in a foreign country when an escaped mental patient strangled her and then dismembered her body and threw her in a garbage like she was trash and she starts crying. And then I realize I'm picking up on a female spirit. I'm feeling a Uh choking sensation in my throat. It was her sister sister. who was communicating with me. And my clients, you know, everyone in the courtroom is looking at me like, oh, my God, (laughs) do something. And I remember my client looked at me and he didn't say it, but I could see with his mouth. He's like, dude, (laughs) WTF, are you doing, you know, and, and, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, wow. And, and, and so literally I had a, a foot in both worlds, and I realized I have to represent this guy to the best of my ability, yet the spirit mm-hmm. is making an effort to come across from the other side. Yeah, and, yeah. And if, and if you want to find out what happens, you're going to have to read Never Letting Go. <laughs> I love it. And I'm certainly looking forward to reading it. This is a fascinating story that you're sharing with our listeners. I'm also, now, you went to study at the Arthur Finley Institute in England. Briefly, before our break, could you share with us what that was like? It's like being on the set of Harry Potter, but for psychics. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, it. It was wonderful. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Arthur Finley was an aristocrat. It was kind of like Downton Abbey for for psychics, you know, because okay. it's it's okay. a it's uh-huh. a castle looking type of building from the the golden age of the British Empire. And uh-huh. Arthur Finley was a psychic medium who left his fortune, in, in addition to being a British aristocrat, to um, found a school to study psychic phenomenon and spirit communication as a science. And okay. to take the woohoo and the fear and the religious, you know, paranoia out of it, and and study it in the forms of vibration and energy and the reality of. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What it is as opposed to, you know, get rid of all the superstitious nonsense that, mm. that a lot of people attribute to it. Well, you know, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back with uh, Mark Anthony, I want to hear more about this Arthur Finley Institute in England. also want to know how long you were there and what it took to get admitted to that institute. We'll be right back with Mark Anthony. Nicholas Hazel is a senior member of the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor and author of Laughter, the Drug of Choice. Scientific research is discovering that our bodies only hurt when we don't laugh. For anyone interested in a laugh-out-loud collection of medical terms and poetical music, often at the expense of health professionals' love and life, Laughter, the Drug of Choice is just what the doctor ordered. Do you want to learn how to live into your dreams? One Door Closes, Overcoming Adversity by Following Your Dreams. The new book by Tom Ingracia and Jared Kredimsky captures the thought-provoking stories of 16 people from all walks of life who have triumphed over adversity to achieve their goals. Plus, you'll get 10 self-assessment tools to design your own blueprint for success. Unlock your true potential. Fulfill your dreams. Be inspired. One Door Closes is available from Amazon.com. I highly recommend both Nick's book and Tom's book. They're fantastic books. And if you are looking for a gift to give anyone in your family or friends, especially for Valentine's Day, I recommend both. And these books are available at Amazon.com. We're back with our fantastic guest, Mark Anthony, the author of Never Letting Go. Mark, let's talk a little bit more about how did you get to the Arthur Finley Institute uh, how were you accepted, and how long did you study there? Um, Arthur Finley uh, is, w- what happens is they have uh, programs that are about anywhere from seven to ten days long. I understand they're uh-huh. also doing like three, four-day seminars. So you can take a number of courses, but they only recommend that you, you do like a ten-day block because it's so draining. Uh-huh. And okay. I've studied mm-hmm. with them numerous times. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and I, I, I had to be recommended because I was in the advanced mediumship program. Because uh-huh. what was happening January is I started wanting to, I, I knew that I was a medium, I knew that I had the ability, but I wanted to know how to make the most of it. You know, and, and people say, well, you know, you should just be able to do it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I'm sure that Michael Phelps needed swimming lessons, even though he was a great swimmer, sure. and, and I'm sure Eric Clapton took guitar lessons, even though, you know, so you're born with proclivities and mm-hmm. abilities, but you need to refine them, and <clears throat> one of the funny stories is I was the only American in the program, mm-hmm. and my professor, uh, one of them, he comes prancing on in, and he, he used to be a jockey, and he's a short, you know, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's short in stature, but huge in character. And he says, all right, there'll be none of this airy-fairy granola <laughs> nonsense here. 
and he looks over at me and he goes, oh, and you Americans. <laughs> He's like looking right at me. He goes, when all else fails, do whip up a Native American spirit, why don't you? Hiawatha, perhaps, or should it be Pocahontas? He goes, well, there'll be none of that rubbish here. <laughs> and, and, I mean, and I didn't know whether to be mortified or to laugh because it was funny, but uh-huh. his point was, uh, and I see this a lot in the States, people utilizing really sloppy mediumship. Oh, there's a Native American around you and blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. And yeah. the thing is, you know, um, well, how come there's never an ancient Etruscan around somebody? <laughs> what, they, they don't come back, only Native Americans? You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be facetious, but I see this, when all else fails, whip out a Cherokee, okay? Well, mm-hmm. you know, why not, why not a Sioux Indian? You know what I mean? And, yeah, and so, sure. so people do this, and, and the whole point of evidential mediumship is when you connect with a spirit, is mm-hmm. you bring forth the information that they're transmitting to you, which can be objectively um, verified and identified by the person that is receiving the reading. Okay. So, you know, when I see people going, oh, I channel um, Benjamin yeah. Franklin. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. nice. <laughs> um, but, but how can you verify the yeah. information that's coming through? So yeah. when people go to a reading with mm-hmm. a medium, you've sure. got to make sure that you, you know, know something about the people around you who have died. That doesn't mean you tell the medium. Let right. the medium say, I'm getting this, getting this, getting this. Uh, okay. do, you, do you recognize this person? Does this make sense to you? And then you verify it as opposed to um, providing information to them. So that's how you can tell the difference between a legitimate medium like myself and the people that are, you know, the unscrupulous yeah. people who, who dare to, to, to scam people sure. on this. And there, there certainly are ones out there, and they seem to... Um, uh, connect with bereaved people who are very vulnerable and so eager to hear something from the other side. Uh, before we go on, uh, Mark, could you share your website information and share with my listeners where they can get your book, Never Letting Go? Um, my website, very easy. It's the same uh, as the title of my book, NeverLettingGo.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find out about my book, Never Letting Go, go to NeverLettingGo.com. And the thing is, Never Letting Go is on sale at all Barnes & Nobles mm-hmm. and at all fine bookstores. It is on sale in every country that speaks English. Okay. Um, it's okay. also been translated into Slovak. Um, I actually, well, yeah, I, it was funny because um, I received a copy um, of my book in, in Slovak, and, and it's funny because I mean I don't speak Slovak, but I was looking through it, and I could see like you know my name and other people's mm-hmm. names in there in, in the language, and I understand that on Facebook there is a grief support group in in the Slovak Republic, okay. which endorses my book as oh recommended my reading to help parents. And, and other people who have lost loved ones cope cope with grief. And so that's a big part of what I try to do on Facebook. I have a, gr- a grief support group called the Never Letting Go group. Mm-hmm. I've also got uh, my Facebook page, which, you know, people, you know, feel free to, to, um, to like my page. If you go to my website, neverlettinggo.com, you can like uh, my Facebook page there. Okay. Because I try to provide a forum for people who are grieving to express mm-hmm. their feelings. And, and you know, grief is a road nobody wants to take, but it's one we're shoved down yes. at some point in our life. And you shouldn't have to go through it alone. Mm-hmm. 
And the sad thing is there's many people that don't have anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what's nice about, about Facebook and about these grief support groups online is you may not have neighbors and friends that, that will come to you, but you can reach out to other people in these grief support groups. Right. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what I try to, uh, um, to, to conduct is a safe place for people say- to express their feelings. Oh, that's so important for it to be safe. You know, talking about your book being translated in another language, my book was translated in Korean and Chinese, and when they sent me copies, it was like, oh my gosh, I wonder how they translated it or what they said. It's quite an experience. What makes your book different from other books written by psychics? Um, A lot of things. Um, First, it is a guide on the journey through grief. Uh-huh. Secondly, it's inspirational in that it, it uses evidential mediumship mm-hmm. to provide evidence of an afterlife. Okay. It is a teaching tool which helps people recognize that their loved ones and spirit are around and the signs to look for. And then it's healing in that it produces messages of love and hope from the other side. So mm-hmm. what I do is the fascinating thing about my dual careers as, as an attorney and as a psychic medium is mm-hmm. I sort of bridge the gap between the two. I mean, yeah. you know, when, when you meet me, it's, I look like your lawyer. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like I'm conservative in my demeanor. I don't come up wearing a turban and tie-dye <laughs> and throwing granola at you and all that. And, right. and not that I have a problem with those people because I know a lot of people that, that kind of are like that. But um, I'm, I'm conservative in my demeanor, and everything I do is based on evidence. You know, I don't transmit messages from, you know, Queen Victoria or, mm-hmm. or you know, or you know, whoever and, and, oh, like, you know, the, the spirits of blah, blah, blah are coming through. I mean, I try to keep it factual and evidence. Now, right. the funny thing is, yeah, that's... I was doing a reading for this woman once, and I was, uh, her father came through. And I described him like looking very much like Clark Gable, the, the oh. uh, movie star. And, uh-huh. she, and, and, and the, the woman was great because she reminded me, remember on Gilligan's Island, Lovey? Remember Lovey? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> she kind of reminded me of Lovey. You know, she was very elegant and, and very charming. And she was like, oh, Father so looked like Clark Gable. He was so dashing and debonair and all this, uh-huh. you know. And, uh, and I said, well, there's a man standing next to him. Mm-hmm. I said, this is going to sound really weird, but he looks like Ronald Reagan. And uh-huh. she goes, well, what's weird about that? I go, well, you know, President Reagan, she goes, well, they were good friends. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> so so, and, and yeah. the thing is, I've done a lot of readings for, uh, for celebrities, mm-hmm. and it's a real trip. I did a reading for um, somebody, I'm not at liberty to say who it was, but mm-hmm. her family um, is part of like a Hollywood dynasty. And in this one reading, I said, there's someone coming through that I go, oh, my God. I said, this guy looks like Groucho Marx. And, <laughs> it was. <laughs> and it was. And, and it, what it was is that the family member that I was connecting with was like two generations back. Uh-huh. And one of his good buddies was, was Groucho Marx. And I was like so like totally freaking out like, oh, yeah. my God, Groucho Marx, you know. <laughs> so so it's, it's very interesting when things like that happen. But uh, it, it's not about connecting with celebrities and famous people. It's about helping people. And, and the thing is, it doesn't matter if the spirit who comes through was um, a Yorkshire Terrier that mm-hmm. you loved immensely or a family member. The point of spirit contact 
is to prove the everlasting nature of life. And my five-point message, January, and I mm-hmm. talk about this in, in my book, Never Letting Go, and this is, you know, what I believe to be my mission on life is to help mm-hmm. people understand that God exists, mm-hmm. heaven exists, mm-hmm. you can call it the other side, nirvana, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that our soul is a, an immortal living spirit, that we can communicate with these souls, and that when it is our appointed time to pass, we will cross into the light and be reunited with those that we love. And that is the whole point, I believe, of my work as a medium and what mediumship should be about. Well, that is such a comforting and powerful message. And as my listeners have uh, known this past few weeks, we've been doing shows on near-death experiences. We've been doing shows about people who have been embraced by the white light. And this show will fit in just perfectly because your message is so powerful and so comforting. We're going to take a break. And when we come back with Mark Anthony, we'll ask him a few more questions about the other side. We'll be right back. Time around can be better. Second timers try harder. Looking to have a rewarding second marriage? Any marriage? Read Successful Second Marriages by Patricia Bubash. She interviews a variety of couples that have succeeded in their second attempt. Each story reflects that the second marriages can be tough going, yet be the best of the best. Learn from these couples who share their intimate stories, how they struggled with difficulty and have thrived. Stories such as, Our kids drove us apart. We separated five times in four years. Four months into our marriage, my 85-year-old father-in-law came to live with us. One year into our marriage, I was diagnosed legally blind. Death of my eldest child brought grief, depression into our new marriage. Successful Second Marriages is encouraging, hopeful, inspiring. Available on Amazon.com in book form and ebook. Read Pat's musings at www.successfulsecondmarriages.com. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have fearlessly shared their stories, their struggles, and their successes? People who have priceless personalities? In my new book, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, I am honored to be able to share with you people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, starting over, self-esteem, and workplace issues. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and even astonish you. You will adore getting to meet them at Amazon.com. My book is now available, two-for-one, paperback and Kindle editions. Welcome back with another most priceless personality that we are sharing with you today on the show. Mark Anthony, the author of Never Letting Go, has been sharing with us his experience as a psychic medium and as a lawyer, all three combined. Now, Mark, um, do the police ever consult you for leads on crimes? Yes. 
Um, I've, I've worked on a couple cold cases. I've also mm-hmm. done uh, legal analysis as as a legal expert on some cold cases. And one of the most unusual uh, situations, I was consulted by somebody in military intelligence, and I have to keep the details vague here for right. various reasons. Sure. Um, concerning the only pilot who was shot down in Gulf War One. Mm-hmm. And during the session, and there was somebody there that had had a personal connection with him, um, this gentleman came through, and I started describing him, and he said that he had a wife, and I believe you know, it was like two or, two or three children, I forget exactly. And from the description I gave, it fit him exactly. And he explained that he um, was shot down, he was taken prisoner, brutalized, and then his body had been burned. Mm-hmm. Well, about a year later... There was an article that came up in the news that they finally located the fighter jet that was shot down. Wow. And I got a note, a handwritten note from mm-hmm. the um, officer that had, had, had contacted me. And all it said was, everything you said coincides with our, our findings. Okay. And I'm like, well, what? what, what? You know, I wanted to know more, but I also yeah. know better. One thing I've learned as a lawyer is sometimes you should should never miss an opportunity to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> okay. well, well, I think more lawyers probably need to hear that advice. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, it, it's been it, – it, it can at times be very trying because people don't always understand what I do, and certainly I've been the brunt of, of a lot of jokes. And, sure. And, wow. uh, you know, not that I, I like to pick on anybody or do a tit for tat, but there's this one judge, and he used to use his chambers or probably still does – uh-huh. Um, to hold prayer meetings, fundamentalist okay. Christian prayer meetings, on Thursday mm-hmm. afternoons in his courtroom. Now, I have no problem with Christianity or fundamentalists or Hindus or Muslims or anybody. Uh-huh. However, separation of church and state, he's using a government facility to conduct religious right. meetings, and That's that wrong. violates the First Amendment, and this is a mm-hmm. judge. So anyway, he had called a meeting uh, in his chambers, and I had to be there, and there was a lot of people there, and it was an organizational thing. And, and I walk in, and he makes this joke, and he says, oh, I guess we can get rid of the probate division since he can talk to dead people. And, like, everyone's laughing at me. Oh, dear. And yeah. mm-hmm. I looked at him, and I said, "Wow, I like your Christ, but I don't like you Christians because you oh. act so unlike your Christ. He goes, how dare you say that? I go, I didn't. Mahatma Gandhi said that to a group of British generals. Uh-huh. Fantastic. And he said, okay, point well taken. Very good. Because your message is a message of healing. It's a spiritual message. And uh, it's not a denominational message. And so many people out there miss that. Um, when you uh, – have you ever – communicated with spirits of people who have been murdered or spirits who have unfinished business. Has that ever happened? Extensively. Um, In fact, in in Never Letting Go, uh, to me, one of the most gripping readings that, uh, that I write about, and even to this day, January, I mean, you know, between writing the book and, mm-hmm. and editing it, you know, because the secret to writing, as Mario Puzo, who wrote The Godfather, said, the secret to good writing is rewriting. So oh, you yeah. write it, and you go back, and you've got to tweak it and fix this. And, you know, you've got to, mm-hmm. of course, make sure it's grammatically, and it flows, and, and you know, you can't make assumptions and that sort of thing. But um, I write about a, um, a boy named Junie Rios Martinez. 
and uh-huh. he was 11 years old when he was kidnapped, raped, and murdered by a serial uh-huh. killer. Wow. And, and, I, and I did a reading for his mother, and Junie uh-huh. came through uh-huh. with his grandmother, and then uh-huh. another spirit comes through, and it was the killer. And the thing is, I didn't realize that the killer had been put to death, even though this case had occurred in Florida, because Mm -hmm. I travel a lot, and I was actually out of the state when uh, the killer's name was Mark Dean Schwab had been Mm -hmm. executed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, it's better if, if, if the listeners read the passage in the book, but it was incredibly intense. And it also focused on the different levels of the other side. In other words, mm-hmm. Junie was in what I call the heaven dimension, mm-hmm. in this lighter, brighter, airy, um, when I say mm-hmm. airy, what I mean is a lighter vibration, like mm-hmm. connecting with Junie had just felt incredible and peaceful and fantastic. And then when Schwab's spirit came through, I felt <laughs> oh, disgusted. Dear. And yeah. I felt a deep, Dark. heavy vibration. And the thing is, when Schwab came through, it was very clear, the, the information he was transmitting, that he was insane. I mean, uh-huh. who else could do that to a, to a child? Yeah. But he said, I'm no longer insane. And even Junie said, over here, he's not evil. And what it was, <laughs> but, but, but now his consciousness, which is aware of what he did while here in the material world, has to reflect upon and atone for these acts. Mm-hmm. So he is on a different frequency he is in a, a, different place. a different place farther removed from the light, which is the spiritual energy of God. And that in and of itself is, is a form of, um, of pain. Um, not that, that, that they're in pain, but, but his spirit has to go through a lot to ascend from that, from that mm-hmm. lower frequency. And um, in in my upcoming book, I I talk about the levels to the other side because I have seen this hundreds of times, the way spirits uh, uh, present this. There are people who are in the heaven dimension. See, Mm -hmm. and the thing is, most major religions believe in different levels to the other side. The Hindus and the Buddhists, Mm -hmm. the Hindus Mm -hmm. in particular, have several levels. Um, The Muslims have uh, seven different levels to paradise. Mormons uh-huh. have three different levels to um, right. to heaven, and Catholics, you know, we have heaven, purgatory, and hell. Right. And, right. and the way I learned in, in Catholic schools, Catholics uh-huh. go to heaven, Protestants yeah. go to purgatory, and everybody else goes to <laughs> hell. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to have limbo, which are for people that weren't baptized right. in the Catholic <laughs> Church, but limbo's got canceled. Um, yeah. so, no more limbo. And, you know, Mark- no more limbo. We have to go, and I have to invite you back because this has been a most fascinating interview, and I have so enjoyed sharing you with my listeners, and I have a million more questions to ask you, and I'm sure my listeners do too. I encourage everyone to buy Mark's, uh, Mark Anthony's book, and we will have you back soon. I look forward to it. Thank you, Jerry, and God bless you and and the work that you're doing. And to all the listeners, thank you, and God bless you. It's been great sharing this priceless personality. To my wonderful listeners, we hope you've enjoyed our show today. Hasn't this been fascinating? I loved it. My upcoming guests are all exciting, eclectic, and energizing, and they will amaze, amuse, and astonish you just like Mark did today. This is the show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to become successful too. I would love to welcome you to our wonderful No Whining World. 
We love sharing our stories, our struggles, and our secrets for success. It's our hope we can encourage all of you to emulate our guests today and every day. Remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. So for now, dear friends, please stop with the whining and then start smiling and then start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, then start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. Again, thank you to my wonderful guest, Mark Anthony. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember... Your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.